Hi, I'm Jessica Lindbergh, and this is the HeartStrong Podcast, where we dive into all the messiness that life has to offer, the joyful, the difficult, and the beautiful. As a mom and woman who's faced tragedy, I want to share stories of hope, resilience, and purpose. Join us for a conversation about what truly makes us HeartStrong. On today's podcast, I'm sitting down with Gina Kell Spain. I have a lot of people that are so full of pride, right? I don't need help. They like to go it alone. They like to just kind of circle the wagons. I got this. I'll figure it out on my own. But the minute you open yourself up to other people and say, look, I need help and let somebody actually help you, that's like a win-win situation because you've actually acknowledge that you need something and you've given someone else the opportunity to serve. Gina co-authored with her husband Michael the New York Times best-selling book The Color of Rain. It tells their amazing story of love and was adapted into the uplifting Hallmark movie of the same name. Now I am privileged to know Gina in real life and while her story is entirely inspiring and I can't wait for you to hear it What's most impressive about Gina to me is she's just an amazing woman. And so welcome, Gina, to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you, Jessica. That's very kind of you. I really appreciate that introduction. It's great to be here. Yeah. So as we start, will you just tell people a little bit about you just for our listeners who don't know you? Sure. Um, well, I have... Um, I have five kids. So let's start with that. <laughs> all, adult, all adult kids. No, I'm I'm married to my husband Michael now for 13 years. Um, it's a second marriage. I did lose my first husband um, in 2005, and um, have been remarried and have five children. And I run a nonprofit organization called the New Day Foundation for Families. Um, and as you already mentioned in that intro. Um, I'm an author as well and have used that, um, our story really to help us grow this organization to become, um, hopefully to reach more people and to become more um, accessible to people. That's amazing. So let's dive into your story just a little bit um, because I think it just sets up so much of what we'll talk about today. So tell us about your husband, Michael, and just tell us a little bit about your story. Okay, so Michael and I met each other, you know, at a kind of a strange time in our lives. We had both just lost a spouse to cancer. And uh, after each having gone through very different experiences, he, his wife um, was diagnosed with a brain tumor and had a very short window of time, um, 17 days to be exact, um, before she would die following her diagnosis. So it was very short. And my experience was much different. We, my husband and I, um, my husband was diagnosed with cancer and went on for three years. With, you know, so we had different experiences, but um, our spouses died within six weeks of each other. Wow. And they had known each other. They grew up together, in fact, and had a lot of connections between them. But our families had really never crossed paths. So it wasn't until after both my late husband Matt and his late wife Kathy were, you know, had passed that we finally met each other. And it was um, through that experience where that, you know, we ended up blending two families and, you know, I'm oversimplifying it. It was, it was like a modern day Brady Bunch situation <laughs> and, you know, blended two families and, you know, this beautiful, you know, 
it's a tragic story that something really beautiful came. It was a perfect, you know, beauty from ashes story um, for us and for our family and for our children. And then ultimately, really for the cancer community, you know, throughout our state, because we've actually been able to start an organization together that helped us, you know, take our take the the legacies of Matt and Kathy really and carry them forward. Mm-hmm. And you do amazing work at the New Day Foundation for Families. Can you tell us a little bit about the purpose of the organization and what work you do for the cancer community? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I guess our, our feeling is that no family should have to fight, you know, cancer alone or make choices that, you know, between financial decisions having to do with their family's practical needs and maintaining their medical needs. So. Mm-hmm. We, we're trying to step in and bridge the gap, right? We're, we're helping families overcome the financial burden of cancer. So we step in and we pay household expenses. We provide financial planning. Uh, we provide grocery assistance. We shop and deliver groceries to families. We, um, are, you know, we're, we're meeting them when they're sort of hitting critical financial breaking points mm-hmm. and we're filling in the gap for them. Um, we also provide counseling as well, um, professional counseling and and other services, um, just to take off the burden, really, to, to do something that a lot of people um, don't even think about. You know, everyone thinks about cancer and they go, oh my gosh, you know, you have to fight the disease, you have to beat the disease. And I go, you, people never think about it until they're in it that, you know, you're going to take a huge hit financially. Yeah. You know, losing your job or, you know, or getting your going on disability and losing two thirds of your income takes a pretty significant toll. And after several months of that, you know, we often meet these families when they're in crisis and um, in desperate need of, you know, keeping their house, not having to declare bankruptcy, feeding their family, those kinds of things. This has been the craziest year. And now we're heading into the holidays and we're all asking ourselves, What the heck are we going to buy the people we love? Well, I don't know about you, but I want to share something with my friends that makes a difference. Surprise someone you love with a sustainably made Heartstrong sweatshirt or a made-for-this necklace. We have a great new holiday collection coming at the Four Heart Shop full of inspiring words and stylish clothes. Remind someone in your life or in your community that they are doing a great job. And everything that the Four Heart Shop puts out supports the Ethan Lindbergh Foundation. So you're getting something really cool and you're totally making a difference. You can head over and visit fourheartshop.com at F-O-U-R-H-E-A-R-T-S-S-H-O-P.com or click on the link in our show notes because the words we wear make a statement about who we are and what we believe. I remember when my son Ethan was sick. It was one of his like multi-month hospital stays. And um, the place that my husband Eric was working at the time gave us a gift card to Aubon Pain or ABP as I called, which is in a lot of hospitals. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, they're realizing that we are eating out every meal of the day. You know, it wasn't like they didn't change his heart disease or do anything like that, but they saw us in that time and provided something really practical. And I agree with you. I think there's something so needed about showing up in those stories and just helping people with with a practical need so that they can actually fight their illness. Yeah. And that's the part that people also don't recognize is that when you are burdened by financial toxicity, as we refer to it, 
um, it has a really harmful impact on treatment outcomes. It, it, it's documented, there's science behind it. And we talk to physicians often who will tell us that when they encounter a patient or a family who's struggling financially, that it, oftentimes their outcomes are significantly worse. So it is our goal to make sure that that family has the same fighting chance that every family has, whether they're financially stable or not. We want to help provide some of that foundation underneath them so that they can take care of what they have to take care of. And we'll work with them on the financial, not only in the short term, but even long term. You know, once there's once they have time to kind of come up for air, you know, we'll work with them on the long-term financial planning and get them connected to a professional financial planner who will offer pro bono planning services. You know, so there's so many mm-hmm. ways that we can help, but sometimes it's like in, in the immediate, it's a matter of let's pay the mortgage, let's pay the, the energy bills, let's keep the utilities on and the family, you know, moving mm-hmm. forward so that they can focus on helping that cancer patient get through it. Yeah. And that's so beautiful. And it really also makes me think about how important like the role of support is when we're in a crisis and have having people like show up for us. And I'm wondering if you can talk about that as you obviously, you know, do the work that you do, but also just in your own life. Yeah. You know, my family, we've been so blessed. Um, and, and we, there's a lot of families that have this, but there's so many that don't, but just, we have had, we have a close-knit family. We have a beautiful community that surrounds us of friends and our church and our, you know, we've always had that. And I think mm-hmm. that's part of what motivated us to do this because we so often see people who just don't, right? They don't have mm-hmm. them come alongside and bring them three meals a week or do those little things that add up to, you know, minimize burden, right? So, you know, we've been, we've been immensely blessed over the years. And so um, when we see it, when we meet a family, what's one of the first questions we ask them is, is tell us about your support network. Tell us who, who you call on, you know, who you lean into at these times. Mm-hmm. So when they don't have them, you know, we're here for them. Yeah. So your story was made into a, a TV movie with Hallmark. And I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about what that was like and what that process was like for you and your family? Well, the whole experience has been just, it's kind of crazy. It's really cool. I mean, I've never been on a movie set before, nor had our children. So we, we actually took a trip. We planned to take two weeks. We flew to Vancouver where the movie was being made and we were on the movie set and our kids got to see their names on the trailer doors, (laughs) you know, because they were all the characters in the movie. Right. So um, fun little things like that. But, you know, we, we never forgot why we were there, right? So mm-hmm. we, we wrote the book never intending or realizing that it would become published, that it would take us to the places that it took us. Um, and then to have the movie made and to have that also that that experience as well, it was just this, in, on the one hand, this enjoyable, wonderful, kind of really unique experience. I mean, who has ever, I don't know if you've ever been on a movie set, but- I haven't. I mean, like a TV commercial set, but not a movie set. No. Yeah, I mean, to see that process and to watch actors in in you know there were some really emotional scenes and to watch them have to act them out and mm-hmm. and to bring on those tears and to see them do it over and over again and how that works and and like there's so much talent and then the behind the scenes, the crews and the numbers of people involved, 
that you just have no idea. And they're all so important to the process. And so that part of it was really interesting. But the um, I, I have to tell you this one little story. We had a woman uh, who our, our organization helped. Her name was Teresa. And she came to an event and she spoke. And one of our, um, the people who were at the event, uh, was they were bidding on a walk-on role in the movie. So oh, the wow. movie allowed us to do this. So this this gentleman had bid on it. I think he bid $5,000 for this walk-on role. And he walked across the room and he went over to, to Teresa and her family who were at this event. And he said, I want you to have the walk-on role. So oh so Teresa gosh. is actually in the movie in the grocery scene. And she's wearing a blue shirt and she's walking through the grocery store with, with her cart. And that's Teresa. And um, she actually passed away on the day of our movie premiere that she was supposed to attend. And it just all came full circle for me on that day when, you know, I lost this beautiful friend, this woman that I'd come to know. We spent time together in Vancouver. Our families really got to know each other. And and just really came to love each other. And, um, and it, it just, you never lose sight of why we're doing this and why our story matters and why it's important to tell your story so that you can actually reach other people and hopefully, um, you know, touch their lives. And it doesn't have to be with a, you know, a foundation. It can just be just so that people know that they're loved and that there are others that understand their, you know, their struggle. Yeah, because everybody's going through something. Yeah. So that's, you know, my little sidebar story, but I, I, I love, love that. that story. Yeah. I love that story. And I also think it shows, I think your life shows this so gorgeously, just the intersection of joy and pain and that it's life is both of those things, you know, and that we can find purpose in both of them. And, you know, I think sometimes we want it to be one or the other, but it's always both of those things. And that just strikes me every time I hear some new part of your story. It's so relevant right now. I mean, we're living in a season where so many people are hurting and and afraid and isolated and all of those things. And yet we have to find a way, right, to, to find the joy in every day. You know, I feel like a broken record with my kids talking about this. I can see them, you know, they're college age and they're just kind of bummed out, you mm-hmm. know. But you go, you know, there's still joy today. Like, how do you find that without faking it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to it's okay to feel the, you know, the the hard parts of life and to really recognize them, but then there is a point where, you know, you must choose joy. And I guess for me and my family, I mean, a lot of that is leaning into scripture and and hearing what what God says about it and how he wants us to respond in these situations. I always say to the kids, you know, th- those words weren't written just for, you know, the heck of it. Right. <laughs> There's real truth in there. And when you embrace that, that's going to, that's going to ultimately change your whole outlook on everything, you know, and trying to keep these kids up and, you know, keep their, keep their chin up and their attitudes strong and, and healthy so that they can be productive every day. Those kind of things. I mean, that's true of cancer. That's true of COVID. Um, it's true of life. It's true of life. Yeah. So you mentioned like the role of your faith and, you know, that's something that you and I both share as like guiding force in our life. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how your faith in God, you know, helps you when life feels hard, you know, and helps you kind of do the work that you're continuing to do. Yeah. You know, every day is hard. 
right? There's mm-hmm. every day has its struggles. And honestly, you know, I think when I was younger and maybe less mature in my faith, there was definitely more, I'd call them like mood swings. I'm like, you know, I mean, it's all, oh, this is a terrible day and everything's horrible. And as I've grown in my faith and really, and by grown, I mean, really just kind of stay connected to the word of God, whether that's mm-hmm. just through a simple devotion every day or through a Bible study or some, some way to stay connected to God's word and to keep, you know, renewing my mind on a daily basis. Um, you know, that, that process of constantly staying connected has been for me, the mature, the maturing process and the guiding force behind coping with the highs and lows. You know, mm-hmm. um, when you go through something like cancer, you know, as many times as our family has gone through it, you know, because I didn't only lose a spouse to cancer. I've lost, you know, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law. Um, I've lost several um, other, I, I went through a list. I had like 12 family members, wow. over, you know, in the, within the last like 15 years. I also have a son who I think you know um, mm-hmm. has battled cancer, brain cancer. He's he'll be five years um, post diagnosis uh, this November, and I I really think that rather than riding those highs and lows of life, that I've found this sort of steady place in God's Word, and that's been it, it really truly is the thing that grounds me and that holds me steady. But it it's it's a it's a process, you know, it's a, it's work in terms of being intentional about opening your Bible and about opening God's word and actually, um, reading it and, you know, not trying to interpret it according to your needs that day, but actually reading it in terms of the context in which it was written, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and what it meant then. I think there's a lot of, you know, sometimes we can twist it and make it into what we want it to be, but you know, really, truly studying and and reading and researching God's word is to me that's my source of strength. That's my source of of being grounded. And so, what I hear you saying in that is, it's a choice and a practice. Like, it's not how you feel every day. You know, things can you know you can feel good or you can feel bad, but it's like you're choosing you're choosing joy. You're choosing to dive into God's word. You're choosing those practices that help kind of buoy you through this, through life, right? Absolutely. That's it. And it's all, it's oversimplified. Sometimes I feel like it sounds so simple, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. It's not simple, but it is, it's, it's consistency. And I think if you look at anything in life, you know, and people will, you know, they say, what are the steps that you took after your son died or after this happens? And I think I go back to it every time. It's like, these consistent practices every day. It's just like if you want to like run a marathon, you know, you got to run a mile, then you have to run two miles and you have to run 10, you know? And I think it's this consistent practice and that's, it's making that choice over and over again, which is not glamorous. But I think when we look back, you know, in reverse, we see all the gifts that we've received. Exactly. You start to really see it, how God's hand was guiding and moving you along through situations that you really didn't at the time maybe know or could see. And, and it's, you know, he's, he's present in all of it, mm-hmm. even if we're kind of, you know, have our back turned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I was thinking about this when you, you mentioned your son, 
Sam, who's, who's battled cancer, it's like in all of your family members, you know, I always say this thing like life prepares us for life. And I only see that in reverse, right? I can't see that in the present all the time, but I, you know, with my son, Ethan, he was so sick and, you know, he died and obviously it was a horrible thing to go through, but I always say now, like, I would never choose that, but I would never trade that. And so I'm wondering if you can just comment on that a little bit. It's like we think of things as bad or good, but I always feel like I'm just part of a bigger story that God has created for me for. So I'm just going to try to live through that and use my story, you know, in the way that I can. And so, and you've done that so beautifully, like how has your perspective shifted like over time and in learning to accept all of these parts of your life or seeing the connection between them? Yeah. When you say, you know, it's not bad, it's not good. You know, it's, it's just what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I always say sometimes when I'm, when I speak to these things, it, I feel as though to someone who might be listening, it might sound oversimplified. Right. And, and I don't want it to be that way because it's so important um, to acknowledge that things are really hard yes. and there are really, really bad things that happen. And and in those moments, you know, there are, there are no platitudes. There is no, you know, scripture verse in that moment that's going to change that, that it's, that it is bad and it is hard. Mm-hmm. And I always try to tell people that I, I also see people comparing themselves there, you know, yes. my situation's not as bad as yours, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I said, we never compare our losses or our struggles or our burdens. They all are, they're real. But what, what, for me, you know, um, as I was saying before, you know, directing my energy toward seeking the good in it. I mean, I, I a long time ago, there was a young pastor. He was a young guy at the time. He was a youth pastor with kind of like the mantra was always God is only good. You know, so there is no bad in God. He's hmm. only good. So any any situation that you're in, he's there. So there's something in it that's good. And I don't know what it is, but you got to find it. And so he would, that that was his big thing. And so I always kind of held on to that, that little phrase that God is only and always good. And that means that even though this is the worst day of my life, this is the, this, this news that I just received is crashing down on me in this moment. There's still God's presence is still here and there's something good in this moment to hold on to. And so sometimes it's just the fact that, you know, my mom was with me when I got the news or, you know, my, um, you know, my, my friends ran to, came to my side in that moment. There's the good. There it is. Yeah. There's God's presence showing up for you. And I always say, look for that in every situation. Um, yeah. you know, and it's, it's again, I haven't always thought like that. You know, I, I used to not really see it like that. It was, things were overwhelming. I, I could easily get pulled down and into that that place of either anger or deep grief. And, and I go, it's okay to have those things, have, have anger and have grief and all of that. It's so normal human part of life, but what happens next, right? is the most important mm-hmm. thing. So remaining in those places will never serve you and will never serve God. It's so I'm going to serve God in this. I'm going to keep my chin up. But I, I, I have a friend right now. She's going, she just had surgery and she's been in so much pain for the last two weeks. And every day she says she praises God 
<laughs> she gives thanks for something. Mm-hmm. And she says, but I am suffering every day. Yeah. And I said that, I, I, you know, and you know how hard it is to reconcile that, right? Yeah. It's like, so hard. But it's part of the life that we live. So continuing to just hold on to something that's good today, mm-hmm. even if In it's fleeting. Even if it's bleeding. Even if it's bleeding. And I think it's like mining for the joy. I always say that. It's like mining for something. Like my dad always says this to us. He said it since since we've been a kid. It's kind of funny, but he's like, you have to wrestle a blessing out of that, you know? (laughs) And that idea like, come hell or high water, I'm going to find something good in this, you know? And And that sounds like cliche or whatever, but I think that there, in my experience, there really is something. And if you look hard enough, you find it. You know, it's there. Somewhere. What's a gift that every heartstrong mom is going to love this holiday season? Wine. I'm a red wine gal, and I got to tell you about One Hope Wines. They combine two things that I love, wine and giving back. They have amazing choices like a Cabernet Sauvignon or a California Rosé. Not only is their wine delicious, but their wine gives back, and that's what I love about it. Every bottle of One Hope Wine makes an impact in causes around the world. Like they've built a school in Guatemala and they have funded over 190,000 vaccines to end diseases. In fact, they've donated over $5 million by sharing wine and giving hope. And here's what's in it for you. When you become a preferred customer, you can earn points every time you shop and then they can be redeemed for discounts or you can use your points to donate to a cause that you love. So head on over to onehopewines.com, O-N-E-H-O-P-E-W-I-N-E-S.com to give a gift that gives back. I want to go back and talk a little bit more about the work you do at the New Day Foundation because you've done that, right? You've created something beautiful out of something difficult that you wouldn't have been able to do had you not gone through the difficult stuff, right? So I think that, you know, I'm wondering too, as we talk about the foundation and that experience, like that creativity, that creation, that serving other people, how did that help you when you were going through grief and as you continue to work through things in your life? Yeah, for me, this whole, you know, starting an organization has been the most therapeutic thing you know, I've always, cancer, I always thought of as a thief, right? Mm. Cancer comes to steal. Cancer is not coming to do anything good. And Mm. it's going to wreak havoc. And, And along the way, I started to say to people and to myself, I'd say, there are gifts in cancer. I'm starting to recognize them. I recognize the gifts of cancer. And and that's the craziest thing to say, but cancer's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's going to happen and it's going to happen over and over again. And, you know, we're seeing hundreds of families a year going through it and trying to change someone's perspective from cancer is a thief that's not only coming to steal your health, your life, your child, your, you know, future, your, your sanity, right? Yeah. Your your finances, you know, you name it. Um, there are cancer. If you allow yourself to take back from cancer, you know, something for me, that's what new day has been. New day has been the thing that I have taken away from cancer, which is that, you know what, cancer, you're, you might be coming for us, but we're, we're going to fight back and we're going to do something to help people today. And it, it's, it's literally, the joy of my life 
I, I get to do this every day. I have not, I cannot honestly say when I worked in advertising back in the day, I was pretty miserable getting out of bed every day. Mm-hmm. And I have a, I have something that I do every day that I've, I can't remember ever. I don't think I've won, not once in 13 years said, Oh, I got to go to work today. <laughs> it doesn't, this isn't work. This is my joy. This is my service to um, the community. This is the legacy of people that I love. Um, it's, it's my way of taking away the power of cancer. And so mm-hmm. for me, this works, you know, I don't, not for everybody to start an organization. And by the way, there's plenty of them out there. If you have a thing that is, you're super passionate about that you want to give back to call on an existing organization. Yes. Try not starting a new one. Right. I have to agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's like leaning into that. And I think there is something beautiful about serving others that really does help us, you know, that gives us so much. Oh, stepping outside of yourself mm-hmm. in your own head um, and, and looking at another person and into their life and, and pouring into them. That is, I mean, that's biblical. I mean, that's what we're called to do. You know, yeah. it's to carry one another's burdens. And it's amazing how the minute you help someone else carry theirs, how yours become lighter. Yes, it sure does. It sure does. So we're heading into the holidays here and we're also in the middle of a pandemic. This has been quite a year. And, you know, people, like you said, are suffering, they're battling all kinds of grief, just living in the world as we have it today. You know, do you have any tangible advice? I mean, we've talked about some things for people who are in that space as we're gearing towards the holidays and towards the the end of the year and towards the winter here in the Midwest. Just maybe a perspective or things that people could do to, you know, just lighten their load a little bit and maybe like rework the way that they're thinking about what's in front of them. Yeah, um that's a great question. You know, Something that I guess I've always asked people who are elderly, older people, I'll say, what's your secret to longevity, to, to you know, good health and life and things like that? And um, the one thing they always say is, is keep moving. Hmm. So as we go into winter, it's easy to slow down and to, because I think throughout the summer months, I mean, I've never taken as many walks in my life. Me either. Right? <laughs> yes, I'm with you. Oh, but I'm afraid that you know we're going to slow that slow our roll a little bit on that, and I actually think that can really lead to some depression. So find a way to move. That's one thing. Um, the other thing is, and I'm I'm real passionate about this, but it's asking for help when you need it, and you know being discerning about that. Like so, in other words, um, I have a lot of people that are so full of pride, right? Mm-hmm. I don't need help. Mm-hmm. They like to go it alone. They like to just kind of circle the wagons. You know, I got this. I'll figure it out on my own. But the minute you open yourself up to other people and say, look, I need help and let somebody actually help you, that's that's like a win-win situation because you've actually acknowledged that you need something and you've given someone else the opportunity to serve. So when you're in need of help, ask for it. Don't let pride get in the way. Um, you know, don't let your, I guess, you know, fear of burdening someone get in the way. But um, I think that those are my top two. Like, keep moving as we go into winter and asking for help and staying connected to people. Sometimes asking for help is just like having a, you know, bouncing off of somebody, venting, 
you know, whatever for a few minutes. It's just that simple. It doesn't always have to be, you know, big stuff. You know, you don't need, I don't need to pay my mortgage or anything this month. I just, I just need a person to talk to. Yeah. Especially now. I mean, I think that we're just, as humans, we're just so wired for connection and that's been so challenged this year. So just that reminder to actively seek that out, I think is such an important reminder. Yeah. And turn off the television. <laughs> turn off the television, get yeah. off social media, you know, free yeah. your mind from all of the, all the bad energy I feel like that's circling us these days. Yeah. 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 Be real intentional about it. It's tough. It's tough. Cause it's like it's social media is an addiction. So you kind of like, I like, I like being on social media, you know, but it's like, Whew, man, you got to pull away sometimes. It's get, it gets a little toxic on that space. It does. And, you know, it's important for the connection for the work that you do, but it's like balancing that, right? It's like using it for the tool of it, but not for the energy sapping part of it. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if you can share with our listeners you know, if you have a favorite book or a podcast or like something that really speaks to you, or maybe it's more than one, but something that something or someone um, as an author or speaker that really feeds your soul, speaks to you. Oh my goodness. Um, so I have, um, I'll be honest with you. Don't, don't kill me now, Jessica, but <laughs> um, I'm not, I haven't done a lot of podcasts um, and it's only because I think I'm just old and I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, I am starting to, but when it comes to books, so, um, you know, relevant to kind of what I do with my life and, and the people that I serve, um, there's a book that I really love to recommend to people who've lot, who've suffered loss. And I feel like this year, so many of us have, whether that would be the loss of a loved one or a job or, you know, anything, just any, any type of loss in your life. It's a book by a guy named Jerry Sitzer, S-I-T-T-S-E-R. He wrote a book called A Grace Disguised. And this book, it, it really, for me, was transformational. Um, I felt like, you know, he suffered a tremendous loss in his life. And he, he goes through the process of, you know, wrestling it out with God, but not in a way where he's not like proselytizing to people. I mean, it, it feels pretty raw. Mm -hmm. And it's really, to me, it was a really great book. Um, so he's somebody that I learned a lot from. And that book really spoke to me. And I always recommend it to people. Um, I think it's really helpful. It's better than any like self-help books. You know what I mean? It, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a totally different way of doing it. The other thing, um, as a speaker goes, um, there's a great Bible study teacher that I love. Um, her name is Beth Moore. You maybe have heard of her. I know her. who she is. I do. I yeah. like her. She can be a little controversial sometimes, you know, out there, but her Bible studies, like I don't really, her social media stuff like that is not where it's at for me. It's really the the teachings that she's done through these studies. I've always really loved her stuff. And then I also like Jen Hatmaker. I like Jen. She's a little more liberal. She's kind of got, you know, she's she's funny. She is funny. Yeah. She says it like it is, and I love that about her. <laughs> a lot of personality. She does. Know? So those are some folks I like. I love that. I love that. So I wanted to, I want to talk about friendship for a second before we kind of wrap up because so we have – the reason I met you, I think it's actually kind of a cool story, is that I – when my son Ethan was young, I started following a little boy named Tommy, and he was about three, I think. 
And Tommy had the same heart defect as Ethan, and he ended up getting a heart transplant. And his mom, Colleen, is someone that I met online like literally before Facebook. Like we had like Yahoo groups or something like that. And Colleen is one of your dear friends. So that is really how I know you. And I just think that there is something really special about friends who, you know, maybe don't have exactly the same story, although I think your story has with Colleen has even gotten more proximal with Tommy, you know, having battled cancer. But I just wonder if you can comment on the importance of friendship as women and walking with one another, even when we have not maybe the same story and just how our experiences can help us grow together and and like not walking, you know, not being afraid of someone else's story, but diving into it with them, which I think you and Colleen have done for each other so beautifully. You know what? I, I can't tell you how grateful I am that God brought Colleen and I together. She is, I would say, probably one of the most important people in my life and has been for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And she and I, you know, I, I don't know that everyone has these kinds of friendships. I pray for everyone I know, my children. I, I pray that they have this type of meaningful, connected, deep friendship with someone. Um, Colleen and I met in college and we just hit it off right away and we get each other and and we've gone through a lot of things together in life. Mm -hmm. What you just described with Tommy and then Tommy and my son, Sam grew up together from the moment they were each born, you know, they were babies. They they were born just a few weeks apart from each other, Um, went through all their grade schools and all that stuff together. And we've just been side by side. It's the most um, I think necessary thing to have a friend in your life. If not, I mean, I don't, I think it's so rare. You can't have 10 of these, you know, right. I mean, it's really a person that, um, knows you better than you know yourself, mm-hmm. knows how to talk to you, to communicate with you in a way that, um, reaches you and doesn't offend you and doesn't make you go, you know, we've had our moments over the years, she and I, but we always know where, where we're coming from. I just, I love and adore her. And I would, I know she feels the same. And, um, it's been a, I think God put us together for a purpose to care for one another through life. And honestly, I'm like, I I said, she's, she's, it's like having another spouse in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> without like all of that, you know what I mean? There, it's, I always said it's like that perfect person because they're in your life, but they're not, um, they don't have to live with you. So <laughs> that's perfect. And I also loved, I just have to say real quick, when I saw the caricatures of both of you in your, in the, the movie, it just made me laugh. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. I think I texted Colleen and I'm like, I just saw you on Hallmark. It was just so funny. <laughs> we we still laugh. They, I mean, I think they had her uh, in one scene. She says something about needing to smoke a cigarette. Yes. Like, no, nope, that's not Colleen. Going to Weight Watchers was one of the things they had her say. She was, she was very quippy. You know, Colleen's like, 
I'm nothing like her. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. We had so much fun with that, yeah. I love that. Well, we're getting ready to wrap up here, but uh, a question I always ask my guests is, since this is the HeartStrong podcast and we were talking about how we grow through the different challenges of our life and we've talked about a lot of those things today, I'm wondering if you can just leave us with something that makes you HeartStrong in your life. Jesus Christ. That's the foundation of what makes me heart strong and the relationships in my life, the people, the colleagues, the, my husband, my children, my, my deep and meaningful friendships with other women and people who have walked um, hard roads and who understand and we can walk through together. That, that's the stuff that really, truly fills me and um, keeps me encouraged and um, that I can know I can always have somebody to lean on. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you, Gina. You're such a beautiful soul. And I've learned so much from you today. And I know that um, our listeners will too. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much to our guest, Gina Kell Spain, for joining me on the HeartStrong podcast. You can find out more about Gina by picking up her book, The Color of Rain. You can also get some great information by visiting the New Day Foundation for Families website at foundationforfamilies.org. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and be sure to subscribe. And a super special thank you to our producer, Allison Cohen, and our sound engineer, Jared McCammon. Join us next week on the HeartStrong Podcast. This has been the craziest year, and now we're heading into the holidays, and we're all asking ourselves, what the heck are we going to buy the people we love? Well, I don't know about you, but I want to share something with my friends that makes a difference. Surprise someone you love with a sustainably made HeartStrong sweatshirt or a made-for-this necklace. We have a great new holiday collection coming at the 4 Heart Shop full of inspiring words and stylish clothes. Remind someone in your life or in your community that they are doing a great job. And everything that the Four Heart Shop puts out supports the Ethan Lindbergh Foundation. So you're getting something really cool and you're totally making a difference. You can head over and visit fourheartshop.com at F-O-U-R-H-E-A-R-T-S-S-H-O-P.com or click on the link in our show notes because the words we wear make a statement about who we are and what we believe.